Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as a bit of a change for you, I'm here with my good friend, another South Stand chum, making his Orient Outlook podcast co-hosting debut, the floral legend, <laughs> Mr. John McIntyre. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, welcome to the podcast. Um, so a bit of an introduction to the listeners. You've obviously been an Orient fan for almost as long as we have, probably as long. Maybe longer. How did you come to support the uh, Mighty O's? Uh, so, my dad was born and bred in Leighton, literally just a few minutes in the ground. And in the sort of late 80s, I think it was 87, I started supporting him. And uh, obviously there was a lot of troubles at the biggest, bigger stadiums at that time. And it was a good, safe place to take a young lad to go and watch some football. So, I started going down there and... Uh, my first game was against Darlington on a Tuesday night and we won 4-3 amazing and that was it I was hooked I bet you were yeah. I bet you were and I've seen you as a kid a uh, picture of you being a mascot yeah. back in the day yeah with the, with my picture with the great John Sitton yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah. amazing so favourite player of all time there might be more than one there could be many there could be few I was fi- just thinking about this and I'm I'm probably going to have to go with the guy, the other guy I had my picture taken with was Paul Heald. Because back then I was a goalkeeper for my school. So, and I I looked up to him as a good goalkeeper and uh, he's a good player for Orient. Fantastic player. So, yeah, probably Paul Heald. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Favourite match of all time? So, obviously, you said Darlington was your first match. Sounds like a corker. I think, yeah. I mean, probably that one. So it's too easy to go and say Peterborough yeah. or. Oxford, Arsenal, because they would stand out. Yeah, Arsenal, and then um, so I would probably say the first game because that's the one that got me hooked with the club. I bet it was. So yeah, I'd definitely go for that one. And then this season, then it's been quite a good start to the yeah. season. I think um, most people are happy. What are your views so far on um, Paulio's been doing? I don't think we could have asked for a lot better. To be honest with you, um, the start we had was just reminded me a lot of the. The 13-14 season start, um, looked pretty invincible, team staying the same, very consistent, um, not having to change the team for injuries, been lucky with, it, with injuries so far. And um, after losing that game the other week, I think now we've just got to really push on now and try and uh, start banging some goals in again because we've missed, the last, missed a few goals the last couple of games, so... I think uh, going forward, we've got. We've, I think we've got some easier games coming up now, so it's a good opportunity to get back to winning ways and get a good run going again. Yeah, we've played a lot of teams up there. Now yeah. it's time to start playing the teams yeah. who are down there a bit, and it might be a bit cage of affairs. Who's who's caught your eye this season? Any players who've kind of impressed you more than others? Or yeah, I mean, the standout I would say has got to be Marvin Epiteta. Um and obviously uh, Josh Caroma coming back into the team now and I think he's done ever so well for a young lad who's who was out of it a bit really last season mm. and pe- myself I didn't think he was going to come back and and uh, get the opportunity but fair play to Justin and fair play to Josh he's fought his way in and uh, he, I think he's done really well and Macaulay bomb thrives off of him yeah off of his movement and dragging people out of position and uh I think um, they're going to be an integral part of the team going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think Elikobi's got to fight in his hands to get get his shirt back. I think Pateta. Yeah. And I think Karoma's made himself a force to be reckoned with. And when fit, I think he's probably a first-choice partner. Yeah, definitely. To McCauley Bond. Definitely. Where the fact there isn't really anyone else knocking on the door, though James Alabi has improved the last few weeks. Yeah. I still, if they're fit, then you have to go with... Bon and Karoma first. Yeah, absolutely. So John is here all night. He is co-hosting and we are very happy to have him here. His uh, Twitter handle is at EssexBiz. So if you haven't followed John, get following uh, as soon as you can. So we have an action-packed episode coming up with all the latest O's news, uh, views, the match at Maidstone and we even have a message from the O's chairman, Nigel Travis View, at the end of the episode. But as always, we'll start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. So to start off with coaches to Eastleigh leave the Supporters Club on Tuesday the 30th of October. They leave at half past three in the afternoon for a 7.45 kickoff and prices for this one are £23 for adults and £20 for concessions 
and then the following Saturday is an even earlier start on the 3rd of November as we travel to AFC Fold and coaches for this one leave at 8am for a 3pm kickoff and the first place one a bit more at £34 for adults and £31 for concessions and I think there are network rail strikes that day so if you haven't booked up yet and you are going the supports club seems like an easier option uh, for both these trips children 15 and under can travel half price but must be with an adult and please note there is a £3 surcharge for non-members for those prices and those prices do not include, and we repeat, do not include your match day ticket. And you can book for these ones on match day in the supports club or by calling the travel line on 0772 135 970. John, we've been in the supports club quite a few times before and after matches. A fantastic place for O's fans to come together. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and it seems to be getting busier and busier. Um, I think they're actually going to need a bigger one soon because yeah. like, it's, every time you go in there, there seems to be more and more people spilling outside. So. Yeah. And it's uh, but it's great. It's a great place to meet before the gap, before and after the game, and have a chat with your friends. Um, before you get wrapped up in all the excitement yeah. of watching the game. So yeah, yeah. If you've never been. You can go this Saturday before the upcoming home game. If you're not a member, it's a pound on the door. But loads of great beers, loads of great foods, and loads of great Orient supporters in there. So we'll follow up with the latent Orient Trust update. So a massive thank you to Howard Gould for sending this over. So we'll start by saying on Tuesday the 9th of October, Lisa Clayton from Guide Dogs UK came to the club with Tony and his dog Gibbs and both spoke to 60 young pupils from the local school St Joseph's Primary with Tony describing his life as a blind person and how important the dogs are in his daily life. All three will be back at the game on Saturday if you haven't in Waterlooville as Guide Dogs UK will be fundraising for this very important charity along with another couple of young dogs in training. Yep, the following day, striker Matt Hoard, Harold paid another visit to his old school, Trinity Catholic in Woodford, and spent an hour in conversation with Year 7 pupils who all have aspirations to work in the sports industry when leaving school. One of his toughest opponents was our very own George Ellicola. Yeah, so good, uh, good insight from Mr Harold. And then on Friday the 12th, 15 students from the university campus, a football business based at Wembley Stadium, visited the club for a tour and some expert advice from leading personnel at the club, including Kent T, Danny Macklin, Josh Stevens, Dave Toyne, Elliot Byrne, Sophie Omer, Howard Gould and previous UCFB student and are working as our commercial executive, Shanna Ellis. Yeah, and at the Hartlepool game, the diversity hub was brimming with guests from the Alzheimer's Society, coping through football and dementia, friends to coincide with World Mental Health Awareness Week. Prior to the match, around 30 stewards had attended a Dementia Friends workshop, gaining important information and advice, and a few of the group enjoyed the flag bearers for the game. Yeah, so well done to those there. And the game was also a PC UK day of action, and so volunteers were around the ground selling the now iconic prostate pin badge, and a fantastic £535 was raised. So a massive thank you to all those who donated to Prostate UK and that's a fantastic achievement there. That's yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And as Waltham Forest is now the borough of culture, some players, staff and fans have had their photo taken at some point on Saturday. These photos will now be used to promote the community and unity of the club within the borough and some will even be projected onto the side of the town hall building. Yeah, it was also great to have around 60 Oakland Raiders American football fans, most in fancy dress, Supporting the O's at the Hartlepool game thanks to UK fan club liaison Keith Smith. Some were invited to take penalties at half-time and they did a great job. And shame if you weren't playing for their team last Sunday. So I'm presuming by that I don't follow uh, NFL, but I presume Oakland Raiders didn't win. So unlucky. Uh, better luck next time Oakland Raiders. Yeah, and on Wednesday the 19th of October, Craig Clay and Miles Judd paid a visit to Snaresbrook Primary School and spoke to two Year 5 classes about their careers and the importance of working hard to achieve your goals. Yeah, and in the following day, former Spurs and our QPR doctor, uh, Dr Imitaz, popped in to see the service users at the Copeland Field football session at the Douglas Air Centre in Walthamstow. He conducted a 30-minute presentation on mental health within sports and how sports and fitness can be beneficial for positive mental health. Yeah, and next Wednesday, the 24th, Howard Gould will be hosting the latest stadium tour, commencing at 1.30. It will incorporate all areas, usually restricted to the general public, including the boardroom, media balcony and changing rooms. And yes, there will probably be a surprise guest or two along the way. To book, visit latenorient.com and use the ticket tab 
a few places left. Yep, so that was a massive late night trust update. So, a massive thanks to everyone at the trust uh, for sending that over. You can just see the amount of work that goes into the trust on a weekly basis. And as John said, the next stadium tour is this coming Wednesday. There's always a special guest or two. There's a few tickets left. Um, so, if you want to go book your ticket sooner rather than later, as that one will definitely sell out. And just as a reminder, as we always do, our chairman's book, uh, The Challenge Culture, is now available in all good bookstores. As Nigel Travis, who's on the podcast later, writes about his career at large and successful organisations and talks about how the best way for organisations to succeed in today's environment is to embrace challenge and encourage pushback. He covers the worlds of video, quick service restaurants and the purchase of DOs peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career. So you can buy the book at Amazon.co.uk or any of your favourite local bookshops. And that's The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis. And we have Nigel coming up later uh, in the podcast yeah and happy birthday to Rose supporter uh, Vicky Brooks who turns 21 on Thursday the 25th of October happy birthday Vicky yeah happy birthday to Vicky hope you have a great day uh, I can't remember when I turned 21 that would have been in um, that's a long time ago now. same as me and one Vicky blink and you'll miss it so have a great day and enjoy uh, all the celebrations that occur so moving on in to the week that was at the O's. And last Sunday, whilst recording episode 156, uh, ITV were recording an England Legends match against Germany Legends, which we mentioned last week uh, for a future TV project at the Braid Group Stadium. And a spoiler alert here, England won 4-2, just like the 66 World Cup final. Although I believe Robbie Fowler's got in this one. to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But great exposure again for the club. And when that goes out, I'm sure that I get a lot of good feedback. And like we said, good to see our club being on these big TV shows on t- big TV stations and a good way of getting more revenue uh, into the audience. Yeah, definitely. And great great to have some, some legends down at the club. Like I think they had David Seaman and Ray Parler, Martin Keown, people like that. Yeah, really good. Brilliant. Really good to see. So calls on Monday, the 15th of October, and the rehearsals for the greater gameplay started at the home of football. That's right, the Brea Group Stadium. So if you're not listening yet, Last week's episode 156 is available on all the normal platforms and includes the greater game writer and actor Michael Head who co-hosted with us uh, and was really good actually so make sure you listen to that uh, and also go and book your tickets for that play now at www.waterlooeast.co.uk for the play which runs from the 30th of October to the 25th of November. Some dates have already sold out, so get yourselves down there. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great show with a fantastic cast and one that's going to make our club even more proud than what it already is. Yeah, definitely. Also on Monday, the club decided not to appeal the red card Joe Widdison received on the previous Saturday against Hartlepool. Joe will now serve a three-match ban, starting with the upcoming FA Cup game at Maidstone. Yeah, so the club decided not to appeal it out. I think, for me, that's probably the right choice, considering had it not been successful... And I don't think it would have been. He would have got another match tagged yeah. onto that. And in fact, he's also injured as well, which means yeah. he wouldn't have played yesterday anyway and would have been doubtful for this Saturday. I can kind of see why they didn't. I think that's why they, why they didn't, probably because of the injury. I reckon they might well have done if, if he mm. hadn't been injured, then they might have given it a go. Yeah. But the fact that he was injured anyway, I think it was a no-brainer, really. Yeah, I think they've played that one smartly. Yeah. And later in the evening, following the Hartlepool match, and the large crowd drawn in from Football for a Fiver, the club released a statement regarding the East End, where two rows had partially collapsed, and part of which which said, as supporters may be aware from Saturday's game, there was a safety issue in the home section of the East End where a small section of the wooden flooring gave weight. The club are currently detailed dealing with implications of this and, following consultation with the local licensing authority, will close the wooden section of the East End until further notice. The statement went on to say... Yep, the East End uh, season ticket holders will automatically be relocated to the north end of the East End in time for the next fixture against Haven and Waterlooville sorry, on the 27th of October, with replacement tickets being distributed via post. Also inc- included at this time will be replacement tickets for the games in November against Bromley on the 17th of November and Aldershot on the 27th. Yeah, so the club wasted no time in, in getting a statement over. Fair play to the club for sorting it out and hopefully they can sort out the East End sooner rather than later. We were there um, last season against Gateshead when we'd done the streaming and it's it's an old... It's old, it's where I used to sit. It's old, man. It's yeah. where I first started sitting, just above the where the, where the players used to come out in the tunnel. There's something charming about it, though. Yeah. It still holds like an authentic yeah. football feeling, uh, but shows the club, yeah, proactive in getting the situation sorted. So well done to the club for that one. 
Yeah, on to Tahui Tuesday the 16th of October. The club announced that they have processed the 4,000 season ticket reaching the magical target. Amazing effort, amazing support. That means that Joe Pavitt needs to clean all the seats in the West End, as he said he would earlier this season. And fair play to him for doing so, for being a good sport. Well done, Joe. Yeah, so Joe has cleaned every seat in the West End. He also cleaned all the benches and the gallery. So well done to Joe. Probably started off as a massive joke, thinking it wouldn't happen. But fair play, Joe, for being a good sport. And uh, well done to the club for covering it so well. And Dream Team got behind it. And again, it's something the Dream Team do really well is get behind something out of the ordinary and then get everyone engrossed in it. And God knows how many videos that uh, tweet has had that they put out. Yeah, I think the Dream Team have been absolutely brilliant so far this season. Yeah. As a new sponsor. I think people, some people were a little bit sceptical when it first got announced, but I think they're showing what they can do for us and I think they've, they've great exposure for the club Yeah, uh, having them as our sponsor yeah great deal so well done to everyone involved in that and then in the evening Dal Gorman was a late substitute for the Northern Ireland's under 21s team going close with a driven effort he had in added time so Northern Ireland won the game 1-0 which was great and finished second place in the group but unfortunately other results didn't go their way which meant that they don't qualify for the playoffs so unlucky to Dal and all the Northern Ireland under 21s but again Good exposure for Dow. Great experience as well. Yeah, and they beat Spain the other week as well. Yeah, so it's been amazing. Yeah, he could have been, could have been playing against the next Iniesta, and it's a player who can't or isn't on one of our first eleven. Yeah, it was doing well for his international team. So well done, Dow. Unlucky. Next time, hopefully, better luck in the uh, internationals. Definitely. On to Wednesday, the seventeenth of October. It's a double birthday celebration for two Orient legends. As we say, happy birthday to not only Kevin Lisby who hit the big 4-0, but also Matt, Matt Lockwood. Happy birthday, you legends. Yeah, absolutely. It's happy birthday, Lockie. Happy birthday, Super Kev. I love Super Kev. Super Kev doesn't look like he's aged a day in the last 15, 20 years. That's um, amazing. Yeah, but we won't tell him that because it would give him a big head, bigger <laughs> than what his head is already. So happy birthday to those gentlemen. In the uh, afternoon, the club announced that overseas fans could watch the upcoming FA Cup game away to Maidstone United live via a live stream for the bargain price of only £5 and the further details would be announced later in the week. So again, the club using their experience in the streaming revenue and the experience they have to get another stream up. Again, they can't do National League at the moment, which is why they've done the FA Trophy last season and done the FA Cup this season and a great way to engage fans um, from all over the world, Orient fans, and I hope that was a success. But it shows you Orient you know, doing things a bit out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean, it can only grow. Yeah. can only grow and it's, it's, it's good to see that we're leading the way in it in the National League as well and hopefully um, other teams will take that on as well and then it can, we can start to show National League games as well because it's hard not everyone, not everyone can get to games and we do have quite a lot of fans abroad as well absolutely one of the things I learned from this podcast is that there are literally O's fans in every corner <laughs> of the globe it's not just in England or Ireland or no. France they are literally all over the place and for a fiver you get to watch your favourite team play yep. live so really good so well done to everyone involved in that and we hope that that went well for everyone who watched it yep. and the FA Youth Cup tied between Orient and Darren Purse's AFC Russian and Diamond took place at Hayden Road with a first round tie at home to South End up for grabs for the lucky winners and the first team manager Justin Edinburgh in attendance yep. so the young O's went behind after 24 minutes but soon found themselves level after Brendan Shabani's equaliser in the 36 minutes to go in level uh, at half time one all but in the 50th minute the Diamonds retook the lead thanks to a superb strike and that's the way it stayed until the 62nd minute when Jaden Phillips equalised to make it 2 all. and Jaden wasn't finished yet as he grabbed his second of the game just 2 minutes later to make it 3-2 to the O's and that is how the game finished as Orient ran out 3-2 winners. So well done to the young O's who will now play Southend at home in the first round with the date of that tie to be confirmed. So good yeah. result there for the young O's. Great result, yeah, because they've had a hard time of it recently. So to get a good win in the cup is really important for them, I think, to build their confidence again. Yeah, a lot of players yep. pushed out on loan um, to other clubs, so getting out on loan. A lot have actually come up um, through, through into like the first-team squad now. Yeah. And good to see Justin there as well. Obviously, yeah. Justin managed AFC... Well, he managed Russian and Diamonds back in the day, which is probably yeah. a bit why he was down there. But, you know, what a great incentive for those young players, having the first-team manager there to, to spot you. And Jaden Phillips getting a double was a player who's kind of becoming, his name's becoming a bit more familiar. Yeah, we've heard it a few more times recently, haven't we? Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, on Thursday the 18th of October, a quiet day at the club, but in the early evening, Kent Teague tweeted the following to get Pulsey's racing. At hashtag LOIC, history matters. 
it matters to our community, to our club, to our fans and to all of us involved. Tomorrow we will make an announcement which shows much of it matters. Hashtag only one Orient. Yeah, and in the club, uh, jumped on that tweet and then followed this up by saying there would be an announcement the following day at 10am. And then on Thursday evening, Danny Macklin held another focus group uh, with employees for the club and O's fans to discuss all aspects of the club. So this was the third focus group uh, over the course of the year. So well done to everyone who was involved and we all look forward to hearing the ideas shared in all of the sessions soon. So we obviously had Danny on a podcast a few weeks ago. He kind of spoke about the way the sessions have been and it's great to see the club engaging with fans, taking on their views and, you know, it's be interesting to see what comes out of that. It's definitely worth getting down to one of those one of those meetings, I think, to get your uh, get your points heard. Yeah, I'm sure. And ideas across. I'm sure there'll be um, another one um, very soon. So moving on in to Mooney Friday, the nineteenth of October, and at ten a.m. Uh, the wait was over as the club launched the commemorative fourth kit featuring the iconic red chevron, which was a nod to the club's role in World War One, together with a picture of Joby McEnough wearing the shirt and announced that the kit would be worn on the weekend closest to Remembrance Sunday, which is the home fixture against Bromley on Saturday the 17th of November. Yeah, the shirt features the iconic red chevron design with blue, so- uh, blue shorts and socks. It's a nod to the club's role in World War One, where they were the first English club to sign en masse 41 players and staff enlisted and three players, Richard McFadden, Willie Jonas and George Scott, were killed in action. Yeah, so Vice Chairman Kent T uh, told the official website, he said, the main reason we had the kit made is because we know that history matters. Later on, football club has a fantastic history and we knew that it was historically significant that it had been 100 years since the end of World War One. So we wanted to offer a way for the fans to be able to wear a piece of history that we felt was very significant to them. So a nice quote there from Kent. And the shirt is available to pre-order now and will cost you £45 and it will be available in the club shop before the upcoming Haven and Waterlooville home game this Saturday. So Paul says he loves it. I like it. I think the club shop will be very busy yeah, on def- Saturday. Definitely, 100%. I, I want to be down there to go and get one myself, I think, yeah. because, uh, it's, as, as you say, it's a piece of history that, and uh, there's not many clubs that have got that sort of history, so I think you've got to grab it while you can because I don't think they're going to be around for too long. No, it's a limited shirt, um, yeah. and yeah, 45 notes will get you one of those, and it looks good. And I've got to say, a massive uh, credit to Dream Team and Rethink yeah. and Goldline for allowing the club to do that and not kicking off yeah. them and understanding uh, where the club was coming from. So that sounds like it's been a great success to everyone. A massive well done to everyone involved uh, in that fourth kit. Yeah. So on Saturday the 20th of October, uh, the under-18s were in action in the morning uh, as Stevenage were their visitors. We were 1-0 down at half-time but drew the game 1-0 thanks to last-second equaliser, whilst the under-16s were in, also in action but lost 2-1 to Stevenage. Yeah, so well good, done, the young O's. Yeah, good experience for the O's. A last-minute equaliser always feels like a win. Um, and a good week for the under 18s there obviously winning their cup game and getting a one draw with Stevenage so that moved us on into the main event as we travelled to Maidstone United away in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup so the team lined up with Dean Bruin goal back four or should I say back three of Corson Ekpatata and Happy uh, midfield of Ling Brophy Lawless Lee and Gorman with Matt Howard and McCauley Bunn up top and on the subs bench, so back to seven subs, which is nice to see. Love Never it. changed. So yeah, Sam Sargent, uh, Miles Judd, Joby McEnough, Craig Clay, and quite a few attackers actually, Josh Cromer, Rule Satoru, and James Allaby. Yeah, and uh, so Justin Enner made six changes to the side that drew with Hartlepool as Sam Ling, Dan Happy, Alex Lawless, Charlie Lee, Dale Gorman, and Matt Howard all start for the O's. Yeah, for me, I like that. You know, changes have been made to what we're used to this season with a constant eleven. But still a very strong starting lineup of good options on the bench should we need them. Like we said, seven subs is it's nice to have it completely gives you a different outlook uh, on the bench. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that he's made the formation change as well. Um we've been used to four four two all season and maybe that's something he's looking at for the second half of the season. Yeah. Going for three at the back. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Paul said there's a lot of changes there, but it will test those who haven't had much game time. Plus a change of formation, which if you haven't had a long time to work on, we shall see. So a bit of a sceptical Mr Levy there, right before the match kicked off. We've got quite a few tweets uh, on the team before the game. So we'll mention a few that we received. So starting with at 
SLeela 1990 who says, I like it. Chance for the boys who don't start to give Justin a headache. Yeah, Len Len M4 would have liked Sargent to start, but no complaints with that team. Yeah, J-Boy 4444 says, it's amazing that we can pick such a strong side while resting automatic choices to the bench. Yeah, at Marcus Mainers, looks like a 3-5-2. Good to take the opportunity to rest players when we can and keep an alternative formation in the locker. Fingers crossed we've got enough progress, but the league's the priority. Yep, so the match kicked off on a sunny but chilly day. Idios went in search of their first away win in the competition since 2013. And Justin Edinburgh also looking for his first win in the FA Cup since 2013. And thanks to Matt Bristow for those stats as always. So not much to talk about in this match. Um, We both weren't there. No. And the only actual I wasn't seen, far away. Yeah, you weren't <laughs> far away, were you? Just around the corner at my daughter's dance competition. Did she win? Did she <laughs> She came second to a thirteen year old, so I was really pleased. So to give yeah. some context, your daughter is She's ten. So well done, yeah. Brooke. Next time. Yeah. Next time. So we haven't seen any of the action apart from the girls. Please bear with us. So in the sixth minute, a Sam Ling long throw was headed towards goal by Pateta. Uh, but the header was caught uh, by Wargan in the Maidstone goal. Yeah, and in the 13th minute, Dale, Dale Gorman shoots wide from just outside the area. Yeah, 16th minute, Charlie Lee gets an early cross into the box and Harold manages to get his head to the ball, which bounces over the bar. Yeah, and in the 23rd minute, Dale Gorman again gets a head injury, but he's OK to continue. Yeah, on the half-hour mark, Danny Happy advances towards the box. He has a shot from distance, which Wargan catches. In the 37th minute, Dale Gordon has a shot which is de- which deflects into Sam Ling, who has a shot that Wargan does well to save. Yeah, and one minute of injury time is added, and in the 46th minute, Maidstone have their first world chance of the game as XO Blair Turgot pounces upon a loose ball but drags his shot wide in a decent position, and the half time whistle goes as the team's going at 0 0. So, not much goal mouth action to talk about. It seems like we had the better of the chances uh, apart from Maidstone's last kind of attack towards the end of the first half but we couldn't really make it count no 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 it sounds like a, a half with very little uh, attacking action in, from what we can hear so it's maybe just uh, two teams cancelling each other out yeah interesting to see Bond hasn't been mentioned at all no um, you know so maybe Bond find it hard difficult to get into the game so the attendance was announced at 1906 with 441 away fans making the journey so kudos to the 441, 41 fans who made the journey up there. And the second half kicked off with no subs for the O, so still playing in the formation with no changes uh, at half-time. Yeah, so in the 48th minute, Sam Ling heads over from a Dale Gorman corner. Yep, and in the 54th minute, Maidstone take the lead out of nothing as Orient have a long throw, uh, which comes to nothing. And Blair Turgot then picks the ball up just inside his area on the left-hand side. And basically, he just runs and runs outpaces Sam Link who was with him for most of the way um, but couldn't really get near near enough to him and before you knew it in the space of about 15 seconds suddenly Blair is bearing down on goal with Justine Bill to breathe from a tight angle but Turgot keeps his call shoots under Brill into the far corner of the net and suddenly Maidstone lead 1-0 and we're up against it so in, in 15 seconds we've gone from having a throw in a really good position to being a goal down uh, arguably could say it's poor defending. There was no challenge made by Sam. Could Sam have taken one for the team and taken his man out? Yeah, I think I think it all starts as well from when from watching the video, from when the throw goes in, we're pushing so much onto their players, no one sat off for the second ball on the edge of the box, and it just allowed them so much space for Turgot to get out. And then um, as you said, where's the tackle or the foul even to take the yellow card? Because uh He's run within the whole length of the pitch and not made a challenge. Yeah, I think that would be definitely disappoints Justin the most. Blair has managed to go from his own box into our box and no one's got near him. And He finished it well, to be fair, uh, but disappointing um, from an Orient perspective. So we went to goal down and in the 64th minute, Josh Karoma uh, came on for Alex Lawless with Justin looking to change the game. Yeah, and in the 66th minute, the O's go close as Dale Gorman gets a free kick. Coulson gets his head... Header at, um, at the ball, but Walton parries clear. Yeah, and in the 71st minute, so Maidstone looking to make the game over. We're looking to get the equaliser. Blair Turgot has an effort, but he shoots over the bar. 
Yeah, and in the sec- 72nd minute, James Alabi comes on for Matt Harold. And in the 76th minute, it's the final sub for the O's as Joby Mackinoff comes on for Dan Happy. Yeah, so obviously Justin looking to rescue the game, wanting to get back into it, um, wanting you know to keep on in the cup. But in the 76th minute, the match is over as Maidstone make it 2-0 as a long throw from Maidstone in their half is played into Elliot Romain just inside the O's half. He beats his first man, Lawless, uh, and then he wildly controls the ball and then manages just to get a poke in ahead of Epiteta. And then suddenly, again, he finds himself with a one-on-one against Dean Brill. Uh, and again, finishes well past Brill to make it 2-0. And at that point, you're thinking, this game over here, surely. Yeah, it? it was pretty disappointing. And I think, I couldn't see who it was, but I think Lawless, as you said, had already gone off. But it was one of the central midfielders yeah. who got spun. And I was really disappointed where they where there was no effort to run back and sprint back to try and get back to him. And it was sort of left to Epiteta to try and chase him back. Yeah, after I've seen, he'd gone for the 50-50. I've seen a few people blame Epiteta for that, but I don't think it was really an Epiteta yet. Error. I think the no. ball's bouncing awkwardly on an artificial pitch and he's gone for it and the guy's just toe-poked it past him to be in the second quicker and once he's in, he's in. Yeah. And fair play again, finishes well. Not much Brill can good do. Finish. Yeah, good finish. At that point, you're just thinking, it's done here. In the 80th minute, Joby McEnough whips the ball in for Macaulay Bond who flicks it onto Josh Kramer at the back post but the ball frustratingly goes out of play. Yeah, and in the 86th minute, Dale Gorman takes a free kick from 25 yards, but his shot is straight at Walkman. Yeah, and in four minutes of additional time awarded, and in the 92nd minute, Dale Gorman free kick comes out to Sam Ling at the back post, who shoots over the bar in the last attack of the game, as the full-time whistle goes shortly after, as the O's slip to a 2-0 defeat to go crashing out the FA Cup in the fourth qualifying round, meaning for the first time since 1907, we will not be playing in the first round of the FA Cup. So a bit of a depressing... Uh, stat there we'll forget about that stat but we'll forget about that stat <laughs> and one of the quickest ever or in Outlook descriptions of a match ever that was four minutes and yeah. it feels like nothing really happened apart from two goals really yeah very very little and uh, a poor game by the sounds of it um, yeah. but um, we have to move on from it and uh, get on with the next game now on Saturday yeah so Justin after the game spoke to Dave Victor and a few things Justin said so he said for long periods we dominated we were punished for two poor goals to concede and he still someone to say that sometimes I think we're getting caught between being a passing team and overemphasising too much also went on to say sometimes I think we are not direct enough in the final third went on to say I've got a very good squad here all capable of playing in the first team and today was the day for that to happen and went on to finish by saying it was not about the shape today it's about the poor goals and not being decisive enough in the final third. And then to change the subject, he also added that Joe Willison has a knee injury and will miss 10 days. So it wasn't worth the club appealing the red card, which is kind of what we alluded to after. But I always feel after the match, Justin's always open, always honest, and I wouldn't disagree with anything that he said. But interesting to see, he thinks we're not direct enough up front at points. And yeah, I sort of agree with that. I think sometimes we're... We, we take too many passes instead of getting the ball into Bon or, or Karoma quickly or into their feet so they can move it we, we take that extra pass and move, take, move it sideways or out to the wing and sometimes we need to get the ball into the channel a bit more and I think and uh, get into their feet quicker Yeah. so that defence aren't haven't got their shape in time I think a few teams are now starting to go right we're coming to Orient or we're playing Orient Orient are doing well so we're just going to put 10 behind the ball now and not play football games, and we're just going to see what they can do, and we're going to try and counter them. And I think we kind of have yeah. trouble playing against teams like that, like Sutton, Hartlepool, Maidstone. Don't get me wrong, we've done well against some teams like that, but mm. a few more teams seem to be taking that approach, and we seem to be having a few difficulties in breaking teams down like that. Yeah, I think we've we've got to learn to be a bit more diverse and uh, try and change things up a little bit. You know, in our style, like like Justin says, sometimes go a bit more direct. You know, and not be so predictable maybe for those teams that are playing that way yeah I mean before we start recording you made a good point about why Karoma plays so well up top with Bond so Karoma's again another fast paced mm. player and he's very good at dragging defenders out so Bond has space to run into and vice versa whereas your Alibis and your Harrells with Strongman who hold the ball up aren't necessarily running off their defenders to make room for your Bonds and your Karomas and your Brophies or your Mackinaths or your Daytons yeah I mean when, when you've got a team that's that's sitting back and putting people behind the ball you have to try and move the ball quicker and try and move them out of position to create the gaps for people to get into so I think that's, like that that was my point about uh, Karoma and Bomb because they move, they're good at manoeuvring the defence back line 
around to create the openings for the midfield sometimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So many more views to come. Some of my views on the Maidstone game. It was a bit of an odd one. Um, I'm strangely not as fussed as what I should be about Orient losing a game. Uh, as I should be, I think. I think the FA Cup, I can take or leave these days. To me, Justin was in a no-win situation. So if he fielded an unstrength team and we won, we're all sitting here going, well done, Justin, you've rotated the team. Uh, but because we've lost, um, he's getting more criticism than what he would have got. Anyway, so I think he was yeah. in a very difficult situation for the day. Um, but I think by going out at this stage, you know, we'll be fresher for the league. I think Salford drew, if I'm right. I think Wrexham also drew, which means they both played Tuesday as well. Salford won. Oh, did they? Salford won, 2-1. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, so other teams who drew will be playing on Tuesday, yeah. so it won't be as fresh. Um, and I think I'd rather just go for it in the FA Trophy than the FA Cup because I've got a belief that we can actually win the FA Trophy. Uh, and the FA Cup, the days of drawing someone like United and then bringing over Lukaku and your Rashfords are gone. It would be a team of under-18 kids who we've never heard of anyway. Um, but good to see fringe players get a run out. Um, you know, but sounds like some of them weren't good enough today. Or yes, they didn't take their chance when they should have done. Um, poor goals to concede, but I think you've got to say fair play to both Maidstone players who took their goal as well. If, if that's a, if Brophy scores that goal, the Blair scored, we'll sit there going, what a goal. Yeah. Like, well done. Um, but on in March next week, in the National League action, an opportunity to get back to winning ways uh, and put this match behind us. Your views yesterday, anything yeah, you want to add? So, uh, disappointing really, I'm sort of torn between it. Like you say, he uh, it was in a lose-lose situation really, yeah. and let, like if we were going to lose the game. Um, but I'll, one thing I did take from it is that Gorman was involved and he sounded, it sounded quite bright, he had yeah. some chances created some uh, some good um, situations further forward so that's something positive to take out of out of the game um, the other thing is where's George yeah probably still building his fitness back yeah probably but yeah good point maybe not ready for the bench I think Possibly. he played in a behind closed doors front about that's a week right. and a half yeah. ago against Barnet yeah um, so those are our views Pure Pure Mr Levy the bearded legend uh, has uh, written in then how can anyone say they don't care or aren't fussed about the FA Cup is beyond me? It's the best competition in the world and we should always be in it from the first round as a minimum. Mr Levy, you obviously haven't watched the FA Trophy action. Uh, he also goes on to say, I respect that Justin wanted to give fringe players a go and get minutes in the tank for them, but we were poor. And how has Turgut been allowed to run the whole length of the pitch and not have a single challenge on him is outrageous. We should have a squad that has a strength in depth, so we should have been able to cope with a little cup run, even if it was just around two. But the matter of the fact is we are out of the FA Cup, so we'd better win the FA Trophy and get promoted up to the O's. So there's no expectation like a expectation like that. I think he's right because you know it does put it does put the pressure on more now. Yeah, of course it does. Because we've been dumped out of the FA Cup. It it puts the pressure on to win something and if we don't get promoted, people are gonna be asking questions. Yeah, I mean, no. it's now three out of four games where we haven't scored a goal, so yeah. there seems to be a lot of feedback we'll be getting um, in the suites that we'll come on to, but it puts a bit more pressure on. Um, but knowing what Justin's like, I don't think he'll see it like that. He'll see Saturday as an opportunity to get back on track, yeah. hopefully. So those were our views. Uh, a huge amount of tweets yesterday, as always, came into our Orient Outlook. Uh, and again, we try and read out as many as possible, and just because we read them, doesn't mean we agree with them. We had some real kind of interesting tweets coming that seems to divide a lot of the fan base. So firstly, at Dave M eighteen twelve said, "Disappointing. Too many changes and change of formation was just a step too far. Shows the benefits of consistency of team selection. But I can understand why Justin did it though. Back to the league and hopefully back to scoring." Yeah, at Gary Hammond Perk, Paul Rounds, little dip in form. They'll have to shake it off and go again. Hashtag no more three five two. Yeah, so it didn't seem to go down well there. Ron Sampson, 15, says, We need a striker. Apart from Bon, none of the rest are any good. It will cost us come next April if we don't. So, obviously, Bond's striking partner reared its head again. You've got Karoma, you've got Alibi, you've got Harold, I guess, Satori, who's probably not going to be used. But you've got three strikers who are all capable, and it's all who can get the best out of Bon. That's right, yeah. And uh, at Les, K, Les LK52, hugely disappointing two goals in the last four games is a bit of a worry for me. Need to take the pressure off Bon and find some goals from elsewhere. Yeah, good point there from Les. Vince Howard, 73, says maybe too many changes cost us, but I'm getting worried about the lack of goals. Seems to be heading back to last season where if Bon doesn't score, then we don't score. 
yet at Spen 011. Not too fussed with going out of the cup, but as he mentioned, we're not scoring at the moment. It, it stands at, at three blanks in four. So I can't get my words out there. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of people mentioning, again, <laughs> three games yeah. in four, not scoring. Richie J. Bourne says, many changes, but we had no fight in a very lackluster performance. And the players who came in didn't shine. So for me, that's probably quite a telling tweet. You've got players who've been on the fringe, like your Lings, like your Brophy's coming back, like your Lawless's. Uh, your Harold, so real opportunity for those players to stake their claims in the starting eleven, or at least a subs bench for some of them, and Dan Happy as well. And it sounds like they've had problems today. Couldn't couldn't yeah, get that. I think they need a run of games though, because yeah. uh, if, they're, if they're not playing, you know, hard, it takes more it? than one game yeah. to to get up to match fitness. So rusty. Yeah, they they need more of a chance than that. Yeah. So at uh, Betts Nuka JP, the league is far more important to concentrate, but look forward to the FA Trophy competition before Christmas. Coyotes. Yeah, that Nick Clark House says, is this the earliest ever out of the cup? I'm gutted. Don't go with this concentrate on the league stuff. A cup run would have generated money. At Peter side, 7663838. Square ball lawless and Lynn Costas. Too many changes, not so much a team as a random assortment of players. We lack McEnough's creative forward passes and his ability to take a corner. Yeah, good point on McEnough. Yep. Obviously, McEnough's been a massive part of the team, but again, we all mentioned about managing McEnough. The guy's 36. He's pretty much played, I would say, almost every minute in National League, yeah. give or take. So maybe Justin saw this as a good opportunity to rest him. Definitely. And Matty LOFC Evans says, God help us if any of the first 11 get injured on the long term. Our second string aren't good enough to get us out of the league. It's questionable why we played a week inside when a cup run would have been great for the club. Not a great day. Yeah, at M. Rob Wrist, promotion is our priority. Cut run would have been nice for financial reasons, but there's still the FA Trophy. Yeah, at RD Manda, says, where was the quality? Was there even a single goal-scoring opportunity? Today was a confirmation on formation, starting 11, and no one given a chance today took it. Yeah, at LOFC 1971, so before the game, it was good to change the players to give the others a chance to push for the first-team place. We lose, and now it's made... Too many changes, too many changes, low. It's what it is. Yeah, so that's alluding to kind of what we said, a bit of a knowing situation from Justin. And then this is a tweet that kind of got people talking and, and into a big discussion uh, on Twitter, uh, especially this morning at Ville underscore Lee. said, I think Bond should be dropped after today. It didn't look like he wanted it. I think that's a bit harsh on Bond. Again, Bond's one of those players who's pretty much played every minute of National League action. I think when he has been subbed, it's been like as an 88th minute sub, so he can get a standing O um, from the crowd. I don't think... I'd, I'd be amazed if Justin dropped Bond. I don't think you can drop him on one bad performance. No. And uh, also, I think it highlights how we were talking earlier about how he, how he needs someone who's mobile around him and yeah, maybe yeah. him and Harold don't work together so well. Well, I think you've alluded to it. I, that was a good point you made about him and Josh. I don't really think of it like that. that Josh is very good at making space for Bond. Yeah. And yeah. vice versa, yeah. So at George Sessions, a shame to see the O's exit the cup, but you can understand why Justin rotated. Is haven't at home, easily away, filed away between the 27th of October and November the 3rd. So he had to think about the fatigue factor. An opportunity missed for those who come into the team. And I've seen a, a few people tweet at Orient Outlook saying, drop Bond. I disagree hugely. Play Bon up top with Corona, and I'm sure he'll get on a good run. Them two have a great great partnership, whereas Bon's partnerships with Alabi and Harold are just not as good. Yes, thank you to George there for your views. Yeah. Again, George saying Bon and Corona is the way forward. Jamie Stripe says, I think we have to protect Bon, McEnough and Egg in games like yesterday. They are our three most influential players, and we need them for the next 30 league games. Bon and Corona are easily our best pairing up front, and as ever... We learn more from the defeats than our wins. That's a really good last line. It's how the team come back. And, you, you know, like Kent saying when we were on that unbeaten run, it's not about what happens after we win that. It's about how you react yeah. to the defeat. It's interesting to see how we get on next Saturday. And also how the fans react afterwards as well. When, when we lose a game, it's so more important to get behind them even more to make sure that we get back to winning ways and help them get back to be winning ways and be that 12th man. Absolutely. Yeah, so at Orion Viking, lack of competition for Bond, a concern. Harold Alavi just not good enough. Karoma got to be uh, going to be class, but not there yet. Bond having a dip in form. Injury leaves are struggling for goals big time. Yeah, a big ads at OFC. So I've just seen a tweet about dropping Bond. Have you had a knock to the head, mate? What a ridiculous tweet. He is a goal scorer. Even if he had an off day, he could still knock a goal. And a goal that could be crucial. 
yeah, at Lubeer 84. Bond should be played with Karoma up top, and his partnership with Alabi and Harold is not strong, in my opinion. Yeah, so those were tweets there, all regarding to Bond, uh, the Bond debate. So if you've got a, a, a point about Bond, hasn't been mentioned, let us know at Orient Outlook, or give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com, at Orient Fan TV. Also tweeted us after the match, it says, would have loved to still be in the FA Cup, but the main focus this season has always been in getting out of the National League. Sometimes a cup run can be a distraction anyway. I can see now why we've been playing same starting 11 week in, week out though, and roll on next Saturday. Yeah, at Lomax underscore Chris, we had plenty of possession in the first half, but did nothing with it. All good par- all good passing the ball, but every every now and then you need someone to have a go and blast a shot on target yeah good point a bit about what Justin was saying about being a bit more direct and passing a bit less yeah. at record blew up so we had a very poor second half compounded by two mistakes by Ling and Marvin if you make a mistake on that pitch you get punished disappointing but not worth getting upset over and at least the sun was out yeah at Gorillas 1985 not good not good to be in the first round of the FA Cup with our FA Cup history Squad players fail to rise to the challenge. Squad depth is clearly not quality, and after that performance, two goals in four games is not good either. Need to hit some form in the next three games. Yeah, Silver Cockerell said this was a wake up call. Disappointed, but we can learn from the result, and now it's a chance to prove they want to get back into League Two. Yeah, at CT, CT Fitzpatrick, the team selection showed the FA Cup isn't a priority for the club, and I'm fine with that. We'd have to win three. To have a shot at playing anyone interesting, anyhow. The only thing this loss cost us was the annual 1 0 defeat to Stevenage on a Tuesday night and the pouring rain. Very good tweet. Been there and done that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. tick. <laughs> Wings mad. So, six changes in one game after playing a settled side of the season was just too much. Um, and this has been proven today. Sadly, this decision by Justin proves why the FA Cup is being so devalued as promotion is obviously a priority, but a cut run would have been nice. Yeah, uh, Alan Reeves too. Playing fringe players out of position doesn't help. Ling should have fouled Turgut in the in their half for the goal. Happy is a class centre back, but struggling in a three. And Harold was non-existent, as was Alabi when he came on. Bond doing the work of two again, which is unfair on him. Yeah, LFC nineteen seventy eight says don't get the concentrate on the league excuse attitude. Going out of the FA Cup at the qualifying stage is grim. Understand resting players, but maybe not as many at once. Worrying three blanks now in the last four games, but still the FA Trophy we have to look forward to. Yeah. And at Billy Carroll 21, FA Cup was a chance to prove we're too good for the National League, but clearly we're not. Edinburgh is responsible for idiotic and unnecessary formation change, which left us vulnerable at the back. Bomb was woeful as Brill unacceptable today. Very harsh there, Billy. Billy obviously not very happy with the uh, team yesterday. But in response to that, Chris Cowell tweeted and said, the chances of winning the FA Cup is zero. The chance of progressing far enough to get a big team is unlikely. The FA Trophy is a real chance of getting to Wembley and promotion is a real possibility. To knock Edinburgh is pathetic. Yeah, the greater gameplay. League far, t- far more important. Sad, but not the end of the world. Yeah, so Michael Head getting in on the Orient tweets now. So well done to Michael for tweeting us. And Tom P. 1984 says, didn't get to listen to the game today, but we've lost two competitive games all season. And from Twitter, you'd think we've been relegated again. Hashtag perspective. 100%. At Boatsy, gutted to be out of the cup as always. Enjoy a wee cup run, but the bigger picture is the league. And we learnt today the squad players are not up to the standard. think Justin made too many changes which affected continuity yeah and then the final word of Maystone comes from El Cuado which says the league is 100% the priority right now but I have to admit I'm a little embarrassed that we won't be in the first round of the FA Cup I never thought I'd see that so those were all tweets that came in to at Orient Outlook so thank you to all the tweets there's loads we haven't read out as well so let us know if you agree or disagree like we said give us a tweet at Orient Outlook give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com you can also get in contact with us at Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or on Instagram or Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. And thank you for all the tweets we received uh, during the game, before the game, after the game, and all week. It's uh, is a good Twitter account to be in charge of. <laughs> the Prediction League update. Only one correct prediction today. So at Vlatis underscore C, who predicted the correct, correct result. So the top of the Prediction League stays as follows. 16 points at Pals the Dooman. 15 points at Tony underscore Antonio. And 14 points at Eastside Orient, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, and at Whiteley 1997 LOFC. And as always, thank you to all. For-
for your predictions. Yeah, so well over 100 predictions. I'd say about 95% of those all said, oh, we're going to win. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and that didn't happen. But well done to Vlatz Unsworthy, who takes home the three points. Moving on in to today, Sunday, the 21st of October. And the ladies team were in action in the Capital Women's Cup first round away to AFC Phoenix. And were 5-2 winners thanks to a hat-trick for Lisa Fulgence and a goal each for Danielle Griffiths and Sophie Lamarch. And so well done, ladies. So the ladies progress into the second round of the Capital Women's Cup. So great result there for the ladies. So let's round this up then. So fantasy football update. I'll let Mr. Macker lead the way on this one. Yeah, disclaimer here. The Orient Outlook podcast Fantasy Football League currently looks like this, but will look differently shortly after the fantasy.premierleague.com updates. Leading the league is Toulouse Sanuwara. Am yeah, I well, that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Sanuwara, not yeah. bad. On 590 points. Steve is 56th place. Paul is in 88th place. And thanks for putting this in, mate. I'm 178. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Could be worse. So 178 <laughs> out of 195. So I had a shocking week due to Jurgen Klopp messing with his team selection and damaging me, but still ahead of the bearded legend and Mr. Naka sitting opposite me. And in terms of the Dream Team update, C. Legata leads the Orient Outlook podcast Dream Team League on 545 points. Again, a poor week for me due to Mr. Klopp. So I'm in fifth place. Uh, Paul was in 65th place. And Maka, you're just two points behind the bearded legend, so you can catch him in 66 place. So yeah. all to play for. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So we'll do the positives and negatives of the week. So because it's your first podcast, I'll let you do the positives. Oh, really happy one. Yeah, we can focus on the National League now. The fourth kit, obviously, which is coming out. And the club's involvement in the greater game. Yes. Fantastic as well. Yeah, so lots to be positive yeah. about, even though we've had a defeat. So, yeah, concentrate on the National League and that fourth kit, which, as I say, that club shop's going to be so busy next week. Yeah. It's a real nice kit. And, yeah, the greater game. It's great to see the tweets more involved last week, including an actor who's in Harry Potter, uh, who I don't know of, who's got 950,000 Twitter followers wow. tweeting about it. So, reaching a massive, a huge audience. Those were the positives of the week. Negatives in. So, we are out of the FA Cup. So, tomorrow at 7pm, when that draw is being made, we won't be watching it basically. Um, or if we are, we won't have an interest in it really. Uh, secondly, you know, their squad players didn't do themselves justice. So a massive opportunity for the likes like we said of Lawless, Ling, Harold to get back, to get yourselves recognised, happy, and they kind of let themselves down a bit based on yesterday's performance. And lastly, we haven't scored in three out of the last four games. So a lot of tweets alluded to that. Uh, I'm sure next Saturday we'll probably be seeing Corona Bond up top in a way to kind of make that make that work well I think so I think it was and give Karoma 20 minutes as well to get his sharpness yeah, back as well back, isn't yeah. he's in back because he's obviously coming back from an injury so those were positives and negatives so hero of the week and so we've gone a bit different from the way we normally do it so obviously this week it's no one on the pitch so we're going to split it this week so hero of the week is we've got two of them so the first one Avec the company who make the fourth kit so a massive well done to Avec and the second uh, heroes of the week are the cast of the Greater Game, who were all over social media promoting the club and rehearsing at the Bray Stadium. So well done to Avic and well done to the cast of the Greater Game, who are our heroes of the week. Yep, and next week's fixtures, just the one fixture coming up for the O's this week, as it's back to National League action. As in, uh, Haven't and Waterloo, Haven't and Waterlooville visit the Bray Group Stadium on the Saturday, the twenty seventh of October. Newly promoted Haven't and Waterlooville are 21st in the National League on 11 points and are three points from safety. And on Sat- Saturday, they lost 1-0 away to the Metropolitan Police to send them crashing out of the FA Cup. Yep. An upset. Yep. Yeah, so if you're going, uh, if you're going this season, um, you know, this is exactly the type of game we need to win, I would say. You know, they're going to be low on confidence. They're going to obviously sit men back. It's going to be their biggest ground they've visited in a long time I know I haven't a Waterloo Field fan and he says for them safety would be a massive success so hopefully we, they come we have a good result so if you go and sing up get behind the boys as we have been doing all season and if you see us come over and say oi oi any time yeah I've looked at their form and they don't seem to concede that many goals I think they just like have one or two yeah they always lose by the odd goal they're not I don't think they're going to be someone who's going to roll them over I think if we get an early goal we could do really well against yeah. them but I think the longer it goes at nil-nil I think the more the kind of the crowd get a bit more impatient the more confidence they get so it'll be an interesting game yeah. but hopefully at 4.45 next Saturday we'll be rocking out to rocking all over the world and just as a reminder don't forget to order the Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis today at Amazon.co.uk which is out now and is a good read but even better than that so even better than you know advertising Nigel's book 
is a spoken word message from Nigel. So very uh, nicely, we had a message this morning from Nigel who was over. He came over on Friday. Uh, he left the UK uh, this morning. So we asked him for his views on the season so far and the game yesterday. And here's what Nigel uh, had to say. Hi everyone, it's Nigel. Uh, I'm just about to leave London to go back home to Boston, um, where I'll be excited to see the Boston Red Sox in the World Series against the LA Dodgers. I'm sure it's going to be on TV here. And just to remind everyone, uh, next year we've got the Red Sox and the Yankees down the road at London Stadium. Uh, we're obviously very close to the Red Sox, so we're looking at what uh, we can do for Lake Orient fans uh, for those games. So, uh, at a good weekend, apart from the result at Maidstone, um, I did a book signing, and for those who commented on the forum that it was a bit of an odd time, it was a time I fitted in with another function we had at the ground that night, but I will be doing uh, one on a Saturday. Um, it could well be the Gateshead game, uh, but it depends on Gateshead being knocked out of the FA Cup. They won yesterday. Um, so, I think overall we feel very pleased with the progress. Um, obviously, in a good league position, uh, we feel wonderful about the fan support and the fact that we had a, a sellout last week. And we're now looking forward to selling out again in a few weeks against Sutton. Uh, unbelievable excitement about the full shirt, and quite rightly, it uh, supports the notion that we were the leaders as a professional football club in league, uh, in the football league at that time, going to the First World War. Um, yesterday, um, clearly Justin felt he needed to play some players who hadn't played recently. I think that was a good decision. And my philosophy of life is you have to try things from time to time. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But you should never criticise um, people trying new things. And Justin tried a new formation and put some different players in. So um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, for one, and I'm not saying this is the policy, I, for one, are very focused on us getting promotion. So with that... Uh, I'll be back again early December, and I'm, I'm looking really, I'm really excited actually. I've been over at Christmas when I'll see three games at Dagenham away, Dover, and Dagenham at home. So, with that, as I always say, thank you for your unbelievable support. Uh, I had a good opportunity in midweek in Boston to catch up with Kent. We're both excited about the future. And again, thank you for not only listening to the podcast. Um, and for those who've read my book, I really appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. Cheers. So that was a message this morning um, from Nigel Travis. And a massive thank you uh, to Nigel for sending that over this morning. A very busy man, but always makes time to send over a message um, whenever we ask him. And it's always good to get his views when he's over um, from Boston watching the game. And good luck to the Red Sox this week, Mr. Travis. We hope they do well. Um, so that's it. Thank you for joining us for episode 157. I'll let you do the outro, Mr. Mr. McIntyre. So it was a great week uh, off the pitch at the O's. as the greater game. Cash um, rehearsed at the stadium. The club revealed the long-awaited fourth kit to the greater claim, which you can pre-order now. Nigel was on TalkSport chatting about how far the club has come, but on the pitch, it all went a bit wrong. As a change starting line-up for the Orient, didn't play to their best, of their abilities and ended up getting beaten 2-0 away to Maidstone and subsequently being knocked out of the FA. We'll be back with episode 158 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. In fact, stop it right now. Go to podcast, go to reviews, hit five stars, come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. And if you have an old relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone for them and download it now. And as always... We'll end the podcast by advertising our mugs. Not many left now. It's £7 for one, £12 for £2, £3 for postage. So if you listen to the podcast week in, week out, and if you like tea or coffee, make sure you have one. I'm sure you've got one, right? Yeah, I've got one. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, yeah, brilliant, mate. I have it for work. Yeah. Can't speak highly enough <laughs> for the pod. So like I said, Mr McIntyre, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. hope you've enjoyed it. 
I really have. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't mess up too much. No, mate, it was fine. <laughs> and we'll look forward to having you back on soon. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. <laughs>